fucking, fucking beef, Simon. Fucking Speed is an excellent movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fucking Speed. Oh, it's an excellent movie. Holy shit. Why the fuck do I listen to you, cat? Oh yeah, my favorite podcast is the Sick and Wrong Podcast, cause it's a very good podcast, oh yeah, 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 Lance Wackerly and D. Simon, they banter about how the week went for each of them, and then they say, into the stories and the fans vote which is the sickest of the week and then they do phone calls and emails it's a funny 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 show sick and wrong podcast is a wonderful podcast it's a Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, G. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's cracking there, Wacker? Just uh, sort of surfing on the tubes, sitting in my chair. Is it a typical a Saturday afternoon for you? Yeah, it is. A little pod crafting. Where, where is the missus? She was supposed to work, but then she got the day off. So she left to watch a movie because being in the house while I'm doing the podcast is really irritating. Do you guys have this understanding of when I'm doing the podcast, you are not in the house? No. (laughs) It's mutual. (laughs) I remember uh, my my current girlfriend, she was here this uh, this morning. But before we started, she's like, let me know because I want to get out of here. Right. I was like, why? I was like, well, you can chill if you put your headphones on or something. She's like, no, it's annoying. Yeah, well, with my wife, she's got one of those jobs that's, uh, it's like sort of a non-standard schedule, and then it, you know, it's changing all the time, so. Well, she's like, uh, she cuts hair, right? Hairdresser. Right. So, yeah. Hair, so. Hairdresser. Hairdresser. Okay, gra- okay grandma. <laughs> what was it? Is hairstylist? <laughs> Sir, sure. Well, what's the hip new uh, term for it out there in the you Bay mean if Area? You're under seventy. She's a hairdresser, hairstylist. I think I'm gonna go get my hair dressed. I don't even think my mom says that. My grandma would say that. Is she a barber? <laughs> barber. I mean, barber is still still a very hip thing to be. Like barbers are right up there with two tattoo artists nowadays. Especially amongst the hipsters. Like a hip like just barber. barber. Yeah, I get the straight razor cut and all that stuff. In LA, like there's these vintage cool barber shops yeah, where I imagine you go get some kind of vintage cocktail or a Pabst while you're waiting to get your yeah. hair cut with a straight Hairdresser, razor. Hairdresser, not so much. <laughs> I'd go, go to the nearest cool like women's salon and uh, try and pick up one of the ladies coming out of there. The hairdressers? Go, all right. Hey, how's the hairdressing coming along? <laughs> <laughs> hairdressing is like that big poofy white uh you know poofy white old lady hair to me that's what it evokes with those uh those hair dryer things like the, yeah, the that are co- circular co- shaped. roller set yeah i wouldn't know that but you know my wife's a hairdresser so yeah the the, the uh significant others don't tend to enjoy the pod crafting mix experience like we do 
Um, <laughs> do you remember my ex-girlfriend uh, that I lived with in the loft downtown in L.A.? She yeah. would sometimes be there while we were recording, and we would talk, and then she would yell shit in the background to like, right. disagree with us right. or call me out when I'm exaggerating something. Right. She's like, you're lying. Just right. shut up. Go you know, watch Gilmore Girls or whatever the <laughs> fuck you're watching. I'm busy doing my work. I've made uh, my wife wear headphones to watch TV while I'm doing the show. <laughs> Is that in the marriage contract? No. <laughs> We're going uh, without, a ro- without a net here. <laughs> anyway, uh, Wackerly, so this uh, past weekend, I went to the Roosevelt Hotel's pool party. Is that a cool thing to do? I, I suppose. Not for me. I, it's it's uh, not in Roseville. No, it's at the Roosevelt Hotel. It's a famous... Oh, Roosevelt. Yeah, the Roosevelt Hotel. It's a famous hotel. Roseville, which I no, think is like a in, shitty town in Northern California. Yeah, I don't know where that is. But uh, the Roosevelt Hotel is a famous old Hollywood hotel. And they have Named this... Named after Theodore Roosevelt. Was it? I don't know. Or is it FDR? <laughs> I assume so. Um, they have this uh, pool party. It's very Vegas-style pool party where it's just a bunch of like bros... And uh, Euro, Euro bros are a different breed of bro than the American bro. Like, there's a lot of American bros there with uh, shitty tattoos. But then you see Euro bros who don't have shitty tattoos because European people tend to have better taste. And I think Do they have tattoos Americans. or just not? They don't even have tattoos. No, not, a lot of them have, like, stylized tattoos. But they're also just bros. Like, they're all, like, big, muscular, and tanned. And they wear Speedos. And they talk about, like, their recipes for cooking ceviche. Hmm. Like, you just hear them, like, really? Some, is, is that what Euro bros talk about? Because that's odd. Because dudes, the, the American bros over there are talking about tits. Maybe you get the tits by making a good ceviche. I, I wouldn't doubt it. These Euro bros had lots of very attractive women around them. Hmm. So the accent. doesn't matter if they're yeah. talking about ceviche. Um, so we were there because uh, my girlfriend is a member of this group called this Black Milk Group. They make like really sexy bathing suits and leggings for girls. And she wanted me to accompany her. So this her. is one of your pantyhose parties that you go to. Yeah, more or less. Um, there, I mean, there were hot girls, and I got a uh, free drinks and things like that. But I, I'm not equipped for pool parties. It's not my, my thing. You, know, you don't I, have a good Speedo bulge to show off? No, I, I don't like to be in the sun. So I'm like wearing you know, jeans and a long sleeve shirt. It just seems really out of place. No, I, don't have, I don't wear hats either. So I don't have, oh, a fedora. <laughs> But but anyway, I was sitting there being annoyed, and we weren't there that long, thankfully. And by the time we left, we're walking down Hollywood. And it's been a while since. When's the last time you went to Hollywood Boulevard, last time you were in L.A.? Like, when you were in L.A., Uh, do you ever go there? For Big Jer's bachelor party, probably. Did we go to Hollywood? I thought we did. (laughs) I don't remember. I was pretty drunk. It cracks me up, because I think everybody... Yeah, because we went to that bar. We went to Rainbow Room. No, maybe. I, yeah, I, it's all a blur. I mean, we might have, I live in Hollywood, so we might have hung out in my area of Hollywood, but that, that's different than like, you know, Groman's Theater and like all the, the shit that's like Hollywood Ripley's, and Highland believe area. it or not. Yeah, it's like, I would never go <laughs> the there. Museum. That's where tour, like that's where the tourists go when they come to LA. And it's just funny to walk in that area, especially as a, you know, resident, because you see this look of just kind of. Shock and disappointment on the tourists' faces because they're like expecting like, oh, glamorous Hollywood. I'm going to see Jimmy Kimmel and, and Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It's like, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't see that. I saw the guy, uh, one of the dudes from the, uh, not the wire, the shield, but it was in a Christmas parade going through there. 
Well, see, now there, there you might see, or like a premiere, you might see someone famous. But on sure. a regular day, you're going to see people dressed up as like cartoon characters and uh, like uh, Star Wars characters taking pictures in front of the Grumman's Theater. A ton of right, disappointed tourists. They'll beat the tourists. fuck out of you if you try not to pay them <laughs> after you can take their photo. Yeah, I've always wondered about that. Like, uh, is, it, is it just a given, though, that they, like, do tourists know that I'm supposed to give them money? I think like, they, they do, do after it? they're getting their head punched. Yeah, getting beat up by Elmo. Yeah, remember that happened? Didn't that really? I mean, I'm not exactly. Yeah, I'm not story making this about up. It. it really happened. Yeah. yeah, some guy got stabbed by like Spider Man or something. <laughs> but so there's that element. But then as you're walking down Hollywood, it's it's really ghetto. It's very thuggish. There's just a lot of ghetto dudes. A lot of drug dealing going on. A lot of crazy homeless people. Yeah. And what I noticed, which was new for me, is there's all these like thugged out dudes cruising around on some kind of weird scooter thing. It looked like it looked like a hover scooter. There, it looks oh, like a yeah. Segway, but there's no handle to it. Right, the wheels are side about? by side. Yeah, the wheels are, like and they kind of balance device. on it. <laughs> but it, it's I've never seen this thing. They're all on it. All the thugs, I've seen I've seen one, not a bunch things. of them, but one or two. You, you, remember, uh, you were in the the dot com boom when you worked for like the Industry Standard magazine that covered all the tech. Yeah, but back then it was the Segway, and this was uh no, it wasn't the Segway. The Segway, I think, was it being in, still sort of being developed around this time. It was a scooters, like actual, like two wheeled, you know, human powered scooters. Oh, the Razor scooters. The Razor scooter, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Razor scooter. And but you'd see like dudes like dressed for business, but they'd be like, "I'm still young at heart, and I'm riding my scooter to my, uh, you know, internet company, and we have a pool table and ping pong." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you see but those yeah, a lot. But they're still completely oblivious retards who. Um, are still riding those fucking scooters, even though it's 2015. Like we've already been to, through two other economic bubbles. Um, I thought they're just done extremely now, pathetic. Um, but I see those guys. I've seen a couple of those guys that would normally still be riding the Razor scooter, even though it's 2015. Remember, it's fucking 15 <laughs> years after that was like even remotely acceptable. Um, they're riding these weird sideways skateboard electric things scooter things i yep i mean i i guess i could see tech bros doing that up in sf but here right. it's definitely a a thug thing it's like a ghetto thing like black dudes are cruising on it and it, it kind of cracked me up because there's like you know, i'm looking at these things like how much are they like how much do these things cost you know i mean they look well, the, fir- cool. the first, futuristic. The first uh, notification to me that it might not just be a weird you know socially oblivious tech guy thing was that in the newspaper, I saw that Wiz... How do you pronounce this guy's name? Khalifa. Wiz Ka- Kalif- Khalifa? Yeah, You're Khalifa. Too white, Wackerly. It's Wiz Khalifa. So he's a hip-hop <laughs> guy, and he got busted in because he was riding this through LAX, and I guess security guards told him, like, you're not allowed to ride that thing in here, and he wouldn't get off of it, so they, like, tackled him. And I don't know if they're the people doing LAX security or actual LAPD or what, but they like tackled him to the ground and it just cracks me up to just even think of like the Keystone cops, like chasing him through LAX while he's like zipping away on this thing. Are those things, do those things go faster than like five miles an hour? Um, I think they maybe go like 12, but you know, who's to, who's to judge that? I mean, I don't know. In uh, in Hollywood, I think it's something they want. They want people to. See, it's a status thing. They want people to see them riding it. So you'll see like one really ghetto dude, all decked out in like red with a big gold chain, 
And uh, he's I mean, talking he's a drug on his dealer. cell phone. Yeah, and he's cruising <laughs> a, on a red one, and it has like neon red lights or something on the uh, underneath oh, it. Oh yeah, like cold then cathode thing. All yeah. of his boys are cruising behind him, just walking really fast with their <laughs> pants, pull, you know, like baggy. He's it, clearly the kingpin, because it makes it makes you a little bit taller, also. So you're sort of like maybe four inches taller than everybody else because you're standing on top of this thing. It's not that tall. No, I mean it's only a few inches off the ground. If you were paying attention, you might not even notice the person's riding it right except that they don't have sort of when you walk your head bobs up and down and when you're riding this thing your head just sort of stays <laughs> level well they do it it's like they cruise very slowly on it just kind of like what's up and like sometimes the guys behind them have like a boom box playing like Lil Wayne or something right and there's gyroscopes in it apparently so you don't fall off similar so that's, to the, is that uh, how it works I, I think I read that you're an engineer wackily. it's like the whole segue it's Although, a, okay. you know, white people can fall off them. Probably like, you know, remember when George Bush crashed the Segway in his driveway? <laughs> it says here that Joking prices range from $599 to $1,500. These two-wheeled scooters look and function um, like a sideways skateboard with slightly oversized wheels on either end. You stand in the middle and you lean in the direction you want to go. And there's like gyroscopes that help See, keep you balance you. and gyroscope. sensors that track what your feet are doing sensors the Is most it, the nicest one or i don't know if it's the nicest but the most expensive one the 1500 dollars one is from a company that it's called the funky duck <laughs> spelled with a ph that's branding for you i want to know what the ghetto name for these rap scooters are what the street name yeah what's the street name for these things is it because the the companies that make it there's moby max there's mono rover r2 and the funky duck the funky duck is like the mercedes-benz well, some white guy who works for Vice Magazine or whatever, I guess the way is it still called Vice Magazine, even though it's from the website? I think it's Vice Media. He works for now. Vice Media. He, uh, there's so a white guy obviously has to report on it since it seems to be part of hip hop culture. And he said that, um, one of his friends calls them a rap scooter. I don't know if these are black a rap friends scooter or they're just he asked his white friends. Another person calls them Skywalkers. And then another person he interviewed or knows calls them air gliders. Air gliders. Yeah. Those aren't the brand names, though. You, you listed the brand names before. Those are, like you said, the street names. I could see two 40-year-old whiteies like ourselves calling it a rap scooter. Yeah. So makes or sense. my dad. Oh, one of them rap scooters. What do you mean, dad? Oh, you know the black people, right? <laughs> oh, okay. I, get I, it I like it says here, think Segway, but without the size, weight, and frankly, the dork factor. I don't about? understand how you get around the dork <laughs> factor. I mean, I guess if you're a drug dealer, you know, I guess that's how you do it. But as a white person, I don't understand how you're riding this thing around and not looking like a total, total asshole. I think it's, I think it's this, this is why you don't look like a total dick riding this as you would on a Segway or one of those razors is because celebrities have tweeted and Instagram and YouTube themselves riding it. Like the Biebs, Justin Bieber, right. Chris Brown. Nick Jonas, Soldier Boy, Wiz Khalifa, Nicki Minaj, Skrillex even. He cruises on one of these things. Skrillex. Trying to get his, speaking of white dork. Street cred. Um, 
Well, the I mean, the Vice article about this is is clearly writing about this from a oh this cool thing, and I'm doing some urban research, <laughs> the hip hop culture. But you know, if it was white people writing these things around, it'd be a complete moral panic about how like oh we're all getting so fat. It's just like in the movie Wall-E. People can't even be bothered <laughs> like, to walk anywhere anymore. These young kids, there's this childhood obesity. They cruise around yeah. these things. They're they're obsessed with the, their hip hop culture. <laughs> yeah. I guess oh. it, it will it will trickle down to white white suburban kids. It right? will eventually. Then then people will forget about it because it's lame at that point. I wonder if they have these things in Europe. They must. I mean, I, they're from China. I don't think so. The same Chinese factory makes all. But of But the them. problem is, well, the Chinese people are, aren't riding them. They're making them for to, to capitalize on. I don't it. think they're. I don't think they have legs. I think they but, cut but their legs about, off. But so think about think about a European city patient. that's like you know four hundred. 600 years old like the streets are all cobbly and and you know like they're all sort of skinny sidewalk i don't think you can ride them in a european sidewalk you have to be in like a new newer urban sidewalk like in los angeles or san francisco i would think yeah, I guess he probably couldn't uh, navigate through like the cobblestone streets of right, Belfast. The old town. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they had to make a special off-road version for that or something. Well, it's definitely a status symbol, and these and like these these guys are spending you know six hundred to fifteen hundred dollars on these things, and it's obviously probably money that they don't have because if you walk down Hollywood, is you'll see these things being sold at head shops for like eight hundred dollars to fifteen hundred dollars, yeah. and then you see them being resold at pawn stores so there's all these pawn stores up and down hollywood that are selling these these rap scooters and uh it just kind of cracked me up because i was like i was looking at him like i wonder if, what, what these dudes do they just buy this thing cruise around on it for about two days and they realize i don't have the money to do this and then their well. their baby mama's like what you doing buying this <laughs> goddamn rap the scooter? wheel of fortune not the game show <laughs> but the concept you know you're sometimes you're on the ascendant and you're buying the funky duck and then when you're on the downside of the wheel, you know, you got to go sell it at the pawn shop for pennies on the dollar. It's and just the way the life goes. The pawn shops. It's been like that since the time of the Greeks. So uh, pawn shops are interesting to me. I was uh, reading an article uh, this week about there's a pawn store. You, might have, uh, you have heard of this one, obviously. It's called American Jewelry and Loan. It's in Detroit. They are selling Jack Kevorkian's Deathmobile. That now that's BW a bus. symbol. Now that... Would be a kind of a cool thing to own. riding around in Doctor Death's car. A 1968 uh, Volkswagen uh, Vanagon. It's like one of those vans. <laughs> it's not as cool as I imagined. Yeah, it's the vehicle he used as a mobile office for I don't know how many assisted suicides. And uh, this guy, Les Gold, smells like old person. Um, <laughs> dead old people. Uh, Les Gold, the owner of American Jewelry Loan in Detroit. Is, uh, is, is selling this thing. So you, actually, I brought this up to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, have you ever heard of Hardcore Pawn? The most racist show on TV today. <laughs> and I've never really watched it, but uh, last it night... It might be the most racist show on TV of all time. Dude, it's insane. I, I would put it up against, you know, I don't know. It's way worse super- than Springer. Oh, it's worse? Or well, Maury Povich. It's, it's worse. It's, it is worse. I think those would be the closest comparable shows. Well, because is it's not faux reality. It's reality, but it's scripted reality, like cops. It's like it. No, 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 no. It's not like cop. Cops is the only real reality show in my. But opinion. a lot of that's scripted too. It is not scripted. We've <laughs> had they're, fans they're call in and the say it was. Of, well, we can have that argument all day. Th- this is clearly like ninety-nine percent of reality shows. It's uh, it's coached. 
you know, maybe not scripted, but it's coached. You know, they tell these people what to do. They do it. It's on camera. They're they're not actors or anything. They they are real people, or they appear to be real people coming in and out of the pawn shop. But it's hell of racist. It's it's on True TV, and it's about a uh, pawn store in inner city Detroit. And yeah, I you sent me a bunch of clips. I was watching them last night. It's a minstrel night. show. It is it's, a minstrel show. It's black show. people <laughs> acting foolish for the entertainment of what is, I'm sure largely white audience and interspersed with some weird white guy that comes in it's like i need a liver transplant but he's all like very you know reserved and reticent he's like i need a liver transplant that's why i'm trying to pawn these things you and know you like a like a mickey mantle card he found in his grandma's um you know attic the kind of shit that you see basically rifle. on on with a, a little bit of humor but you know the white people that are doing that it's the kind of shit you'd see on antiques roadshow which i guess is a well-respected if not extremely excruciatingly boring television show i don't know for some reason it's popular <laughs> but so this, you got that yeah. but and then you have because it's in detroit you'll have the one white guy trying to sell his mickey mantle card and then you'll have followed by 20 different black people coming in uh just just acting like like i said complete minstrel show like like screaming and yelling and trying to get way more money than what you know the piece of jewelry that they're trying to sell is worth and having full-on meltdowns like they'll come in there and they'll be like i want 500 dollars for this right and then the guy's like well it's actually made of aluminum yeah it's a fake diamond <laughs> I'll give you five so i'll give you 10 and, like, and then they explode <laughs> and then the security has to physically carry these people screaming and kicking out of the uh, pawn shop and onto the sidewalk so well, like you you're saying scripted. it's clearly scripted so it's like somebody's making this decision that all of the black people on the show should be represented as just out of control, you know, unsocialized morons. <laughs> Violent. Um, so who's the like vulgar. white Jewish guy who's like behind, you know, producing the show that's made this decision? Like you, you said you were looking at the clips and like one, one of the black people has like, you know, is miked, which is a clear indication that, okay, there was some preparation for this segment because they put a microphone on the dude. Well, but it's a hidden mic. It's like a Larian mic. It's the guy right. has it hidden under yeah, his Yeah, it's not like shirt. a boom mic that they yeah. shoved into his face, which is what you would see on Cops, which I I am proposing is actual reality. You, you say that some people think it's I not. Think, but, I think it's uh, But this is clearly scripted. like there, there's been prep work. Like they put a microphone under this black guy's shirt and then said, okay, just act as crazy and just out of control as possible. So do you think he, they go over this with these guys? Though? They're like, you know, we'll give you $1,000. If you come in, he's going to shortchange. He's going to try to offer you know, a fraction of what this thing is worth. And then I want you to just explode, swear, yeah. do whatever you want because he's trying right. to cheat you. Threaten to burn the place down. We'll give you a grant. Just act act like, uh, you, you know, people in Omaha, the white people. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know how white people in Omaha. Just act like what you feel like that they would fear in a black man. And the black guy's <laughs> like, well, for $1,000, sure, I'll do it. And I don't think they have any regard for how this will impact. But I don't think that how this will impact their future. You know, I mean, because I don't think they're like, well, I might not get a hired as an assistant manager at Burger King if people are going to see me on Hardcore Pawn acting a fool. You know, maybe in the neighborhood, all the you know, maybe at the maybe the manager of the Burger King in his neighborhood is also African American. Maybe they have a whole different sense of the show that they it's acceptable and funny to go on and you know with your face clearly there. And, yeah, like man, I saw you at Hardcore Pond. You were <laughs> right. wildin', bro. So maybe it's fine. But if that guy, if that African-American guy goes to get a job, you know, like at, 
you know, in a corporate America and maybe the, the hiring manager is a fan of the show, they might not feel the same way. Corporate America tends to recruit a lot of people from inner city Detroit. <laughs> um, maybe, it's like, <laughs> maybe it's like a jobs training. For, I don't know. But it's if you maybe, watch so maybe these, it's fine. Maybe maybe there's no harm, no foul. But when I'm watching the show, which by the way, it's very entertaining. But I, the the foremost thought in my mind is just like, wow, this show is really really racist. Essentially, if you want to laugh at American black people, you watch a show like this, and it's it's it is it is very entertaining. It's funny. Captain Carl's a big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, you said he had a T-shirt. I think he has the t-shirt. I mean, he likes it because he's very into Detroit, and it is, you know, this pawn shop's right in downtown Detroit, so. But you uh, can do a search for Hardcore Pawn and just look at Hardcore Pawn meltdowns, and you just see the clips, and it's, it's hilarious because you'll see, like, maybe maybe one white guy in the entire 10-minute video, one white guy that gets a little upset, and then just the well, whole the rest kind of the thing of, it's is all It's also kind of racist black towards guys. Jews. I mean, I don't know if... You, you caught on to that, but like the, the store owner is this old Jewish Less guy. Less gold. And then his son works there, who's just like, the, just the most, you know, annoying, like, like managerial, Jew, like Jewish kid who's like too big for his britches. And then the daughter works there too, and she's kind of the typical, like, whiny, like, jappy, you know, like Jewish American princess. It is funny though, watching these guys, like, oh, I'll give you $10. <laughs> <laughs> you're like juke claw okay. is strong in them oh no they they, they yeah they have a well-honed juke claw like over years of uh of sharpening those those nails and that the, the talon of the juke claw so it's anyway these guys uh seth gold um with his father who stars alongside his father on uh true tv's harker pawn found the van he, he said that the van is in need of full restoration i guess the guy that was selling the van wanted eighty thousand dollars for it he got it for 20 now that <laughs> you gotta is be hardcore to run a pawn shop, I guess is how they came up with the name. But well, you watch the Vegas pawn. What's that Vegas pawn one? Is it uh, what American is pawn? Pawn stars. Pawn stars. And yeah. then you watch hardcore pawn. It's like it's a whole other level of pawn star owning because those Vegas guys aren't Jewish. No, and if you write, watch Pawn Stars, it's also clearly not. You don't get that sense that like, well, this is an extremely racist show. Yeah, this show you watch it, it's like, okay, this is definitely racist. But yet, it's still on TV and it gets really good ratings. And I'm not above it, by the way. I, I agree with you and Captain Carl that it's, it's extremely entertaining. It's just, it's questionable where, like, I wouldn't want to watch it with a black person. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, I feel bad for laughing at this. So maybe I should feel bad, but it, you know, I, I have to admit it's entertaining. The Golds have documentation linking it to Kevorkian, uh, the title registration and the driver's li- Kevorkian's driver's license. Um, apparently, he's Kevorkian, the former Michigan pathologist, removed some of the seating in the back of the bus and installed two machines that he had built himself, the death machines. <laughs> the, death machine. the machines dubbed Mercatron and Thanatron uh, were constructed to allow patients to inject a lethal cocktail of drugs into their body at the push of a button. So they, they actually injected themselves with it. Yeah, well, that's how he got it. I mean, because otherwise you could get brought up on murder charges. Well, he did eventually. But, yeah. um, but I mean, if you think about it, so you got this death mobile, this, this Volkswagen van. You got the whole back seat open. Throw a Tempur-Pedic in the back of that. You got a sex van. Why not? Well, once again, it's just a structure made by, a device made by Germans. <laughs> Lots of people <laughs> die inside of. It's very fitting. Um, he would also use the van to transport the deceased individuals to a hospital emergency room, which always cracked me up. Like, he, do you remember seeing videos or in pictures? He'd pull up at the emergency room, just be like, hey, here. 
I mean, this is all, it's all a legal farce, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's all because assisted suicide it's, it's illegal. It's still, well, it still is illegal. Most places, well, in some right? states, like it's, it's Oregon, maybe yeah, is the yeah, only Oregon one where you legal. can go. I think to Washington, too. Washington. Maybe I'm mixing that up. But yeah, no, so he had in, to. In I mean, he has illegal. to be like, well, this person, I, I quote unquote found them and they're dead. And so you have to take them to the hospital lest you. Uh, or it'd you know, be murder, be, yeah. Or mass murder, or even if you're doing this all the time. A hundred, he took part in more than 130 assisted suicides. Good for him. So. His eventual undoing came in 1998 when he was on 60 Minutes. And during the uh, program, there's a video showing him actually pressing a button on one of his homemade devices, giving the lethal injection to a guy who had Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, because of that, they ended up arresting him, convicted him of second-degree murder, and he was in prison for eight years. He didn't, wasn't released until 2011. <laughs> and he died at 83 from a blood clot. Yeah, he's an old guy. Yeah. He did look like Dr. Death, too, though. And did you ever see his creepy it's paintings? Like Grim Reaper. I didn't see his paintings. Are they good? They're just, I mean, they're just kind of creepy. I mean, they're, I think they're what you could get at the better than Gacy's. I don't know. Probably now, probably worth a lot. But I remember back, uh, back in high school, we used to go down to Royal Oak, Michigan, Detroit, to go to this place called Noir Leather. And that's where we'd buy, like, our ministry T-shirts and Doc Martens and stuff. Sounds like a gay S&M location. So, it, the, the name sounds kind of gay. kind of sounds very S&M. But uh, they did have ministry shirts. Where else are you going to buy a ministry shirt? There's no internet. You had to At look the cool. ministry concert. <laughs> yeah, no, you could do it then. But anyway, uh, around the corner was Kevorkian's office in Royal Oak. And you'd always see like, all these people protesting right. and just, people with signs. Better to do. And then Kevorkian would come out and they'd be like, boo, and he'd get into his Cadillac and cruise away. <laughs> um, I wonder what you could get for his Cadillac. That seems like a find. Yeah, but the death van would be worth more. So Gold, Les Gold here, the owner of uh, Hardcore Pawn, um, or the, the pawn store that's in uh, Hardcore Pawn, he's hoping to double the money that he used to purchase the van and sell it for $50,000. He says, being in the pawn business, you have to put a value on everything. I figure if this guy wanted hundred grand, this thing has to be worth at least fifty. What do you think Kevorkian would say about this? Well, I don't know. Come on, man. He's give me $80,000. or something. <laughs> I could just see him arguing like, come on, give me $80,000. Right. Motherfucker. And then you just get pulled out and thrown right. onto the sidewalk. By the bouncers. By security. <laughs> but people, check out that show. It is hilarious. And I bet you... I, I bet, mean, I, or if you live around Detroit and you're a white person, like, please go in there and like cause, you know, take a selfie. A fool for, uh, for the white person's sake. The white people. I bet you, though, within the next 10 years, not even 10 years, probably the next four years, you're going to start seeing these weird rap scooters. People are going to be bringing in rap scooters. On hardcore pawn. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to uh, negotiate. What the going pawn rate will be for that at the time. For the funky duck. That's, <laughs> a, that, that's the one Wackity would uh, purchase. This is clearly not a funky duck. It's a knockoff, so I'm only going to be able to give you 25 for it. <laughs> if you were to get one, would you get a funky duck? Yeah, you got to go for the top of the, the line model version <laughs> the lexus <laughs> people this is episode 498 here is sick and wrong you know the way the show works send us your stories read them here in the air if we give you credit we'll send you a sick and wrong care package uh, you can send your stories sick and wrong podcast hotmail.com or submit them via facebook or twitter uh before we get to our first story here uh here's a word from our sponsor ah hello there as a busy young professional couple we were most pleased to avail of the promotional offer that Sick and Wrong has arranged with Adam and Eve. Taking advantage of coupon code DIDDLE, 
we purchased both a Vicky Quickie Pocket Pussy and an Emperor 8-inch Vibrating Dildo. Now, whenever the horn takes us, we delegate our tawdry acts to the machines by inserting the luxuriously strong Emperor Dildo into the tight folds of the Pocket Pussy we let our artificial organs fulfill their purpose while we get on with the more important things in life. More wine, dear? Why, yes. I don't mind if I do, my dear. If you aspire to the kind of lifestyle that we enjoy, why not come with us, not literally, as we visit adamandeve.com and enter coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. You'll receive 50% off, free gifts that you can donate to creepy Uncle Steve, but most importantly, peace of mind as you offload your sex lives to some plastic parts. Cheers! Cheers! So the first story came in from The Undertaker, long-time <laughs> listener, not the professional wrestler. Okay. He's a, or I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's an actual Undertaker. Wow. He writes, uh, my guess is that she figured this route would be easier than breaking up with him. Um, she's referring to a teen who's charged in uh, aiding her boyfriend's suicide. Uh, she wrote, it's now or never, uh, texted the teen charged in boyfriend's suicide. You, you might remember this story. Boyfriend committed suicide last year, and this teen is being charged for, I guess, assisting him, much like Kevorkian. Except or encouraging she, him, right? Or, well, encouraging. I mean, but uh, she didn't, methods she didn't press the button of the lethal injection machine. Instead, she sent a text uh, encouraging him to do it and giving him ideas on how to do it. This girlfriend is very supportive of her boyfriend's endeavors, unlike many of the girlfriends I've had in regards to my podcrafting. So most of them, <laughs> as we were talking about at the beginning of the show, most of them are our girlfriends and, and uh, your current spouse. They hear podcrafting, they're like, ugh, really? You got to do that today? Yeah. How long is it going to be? Whereas this girl would be like, you, you know, to take she, me to the hairdresser later. I got to go to the hairdresser. <laughs> uh, this girl is, seems like a very supportive girlfriend. Right. You know, boyfriend wants to commit suicide. She's giving him ideas, She's all encouragement. For it. Yeah. It's the kind of girl you need. Newly released text messages appear to detail how a Massachusetts teen encouraged her online boyfriend to kill himself. Oh, online boyfriend. Well, yeah. that changes a lot of the dynamic. Well, I think they only met like a few times, but they've sent they thousands of text messages. I I'm bet not you sure. they didn't bang. Well, they're teens. I don't but know. But teens don't bang? Well, I think they do, but I mean, uh, it depends on what kind of teen <laughs> not you're talking to. these internet nerd teens, though. You're right. So uh, the boyfriend, I think, was just kind of wavering. I, th I think he was, you know, sometimes he was emo. He, he right. would feel in an emo mood. He'd feel like, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to end it now. And other times he'd waver back to the other side. You know what? What about my family? How are they going to feel? But the girlfriend, being a very supportive girlfriend as she is, said everyone will be sad for a while, but they'll get over it and move on. Don't worry about <laughs> is that. Is that what you want to hear when you're about to commit suicide? <laughs> really? Maybe I won't then. Fuck them. 
And it worked. Her encouragement worked. Roy was found dead July 2014 inside his truck in a parking lot where he used a combustion engine to induce carbon monoxide poisoning, which was her Seems suggestion. Like a smart way to do it. And she suggested it. Yeah. She's a very, uh, very, very helpful girlfriend. It's I need to, to meet one like this. Painless. Um, Carter, the girlfriend's been charged with involuntary manslaughter, the teen's death. And so right now they're using these texts as evidence and uh, showing how she encouraged him and also uh, helped him figure out the best way to do it. She writes to him, you just have to do it already. Come on. You have everything you need. There's no way you can fail. Tonight's the night. It's now or never. I'm sick of waiting. Was so, shit or give off the pot the term, <laughs> the phrase that was used? Not in those words, but I mean, that's the implication here. Right. Uh, Roy, Roy, the uh, teen who killed himself, expressed hesitancy at going through with his, with his plan. And mm. then Carter sent him more exactly text messages. exactly the time you need to be encouraged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strike while the iron is hot. Well, I like how Carter, the girl here, sent him more text messages expressing her frustration with his um, hesitance, hesitation. Uh, she says, you always say you're going to do it, but you never do. I just want to make sure tonight's the mm. real thing because you never go through with what you say you're going to do. So um, I think it's funny. It's like she's like, you never finish what you start. You know, you said you're going to build that gazebo. Look at it. Right. You know, it's not even a deck. It's got a couple pieces of wood. Yeah, it's just sitting out there. Are you going to get rid of it or are you going to finish the gazebo? And then on top of that, when are you going to kill yourself? Yeah, it's like, come on. I think what happened. I don't have time is- for this. I think there's definite some, some, some definite uh, uh, relationship issues that are manifesting themselves with these texts. She says, I bet you're going to be like, oh, it didn't work because I didn't tape the tube right or something like that. I bet you're going to say an excuse like that. You always have an excuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, then she says, and if the carbon monoxide poisoning doesn't work, try the bag or hanging. There's other the ways bag. to do it. The bag. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, she's encouraging him. Like, think outside right. the box. I'm you assuming know? you get a lot of cred in the emo world if your boyfriend committed suicide, right? You can ride that for a long time, like, right into just being, like, a, you know, Tim Burton fucking director, right? Do you think that's the motivation here? Like, she just yeah, wants I the do. sympathy cred? Yeah. Well, I don't even think it's... It, it, sympathy would maybe be for a normal person but i think in the emo world it's like you can get a badge i wonder if she's a serial suicide encouragement person <laughs> a serial suicide assistant you know i wonder if this is like another notch on her bedpost right well yeah if you're if you're hanging out at the emo goth club you how many you some, get some ladies like some girls big for her britches and she's like well my boyfriend killed himself mm, just like pulling out her suspenders with her thumbs as you do, <laughs> then she could be like, well, I had three of my boyfriends killed themselves. So yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's hard a, to top. Yeah. <laughs> get to go and get a new boyfriend. who looks depressed. Um, this is, this is my favorite text exchange here. Uh, the day of his death, Roy took his sisters out for ice cream. He told his girlfriend that he wanted his sisters to know that he loved them. And so he texts her, he goes, you know, I just don't know how to leave them, you know? And she said, just say you're going to go to the store or something. And then he's like, well, I want them to know that I love them. And she goes, oh, they know. You're overthinking it. They totally know. <laughs> write him a letter. <laughs> he's like, I know I'm overthinking. I've been, suicide note. I'll write it for you. He goes, I've been overthinking this for a while now. She goes, Ugh. and she goes, ugh, you know you just have to do it like you said. Are you going to do it now or what? <laughs> That's my favorite thing about her. It's like she's not trying to give him like a constructive criticism about 
you know, his, he- his hesitation here. Instead, she's just like, come on. She's whining almost via text. Let's just do this and get it over with. And so anyway, uh, he, she did admit him to stay in the vehicle after he thought about, because he was waiting for an hour. He was going to get out of the truck. And she's like, no, just stay in there. Come on, it's going to happen. And eventually it did. And eventually he died of carbon monoxide poisoning. And uh, so cops are saying because of that, and they're just looking at the, the dates and times of her texts, that she's implicated as the assistant in, uh, in, in her death, or in his death. And then afterwards, she was acting like she doesn't even, didn't even know what was going on. So when you know, the, the, um, the mother freaked out and they found the body, she's, she was texting the sister saying, hey, do you know where your brother is? I'm trying to get a hold of him. And so um, because of that, that's why she's being implicated as, uh, the, as, as you know, a second-degree murder here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like she, she wanted this relationship to end. She sounds like she didn't want to just actually go and talk to him about it and just, I mean, it's, it's like they're having an online relationship. They met, met each other twice. Yeah. Just why don't you just stop texting? <laughs> just the drop off. Yeah. If you could just kill yourself, that'd be great for me. I mean, I think it'd just be easier just to, you know, take the guy to Pinkberry and just be like, yep, we're done. Do you want extra spink- sprinkles? I'll pay for it. Gummy bears. You know, it's like who can get upset when you're eating frozen yogurt? You got some Froyo. You hear some bad news. It's over. You don't have to tell the guy to commit suicide. No. You know, now she's got That's this in her conscience. Her. I'm just saying, like, for the future guys she wants to, to uh, break up with, instead of going this, this difficult route of convincing them to uh, off themselves, just take them to Pinkberry. Buy them a Froyo. Give them some extra A lot of towns in America don't it. have a Pinkberry, so just any Froyo will probably do. Yeah, I do recommend Pinkberry, so it's the best. Froyo equivalent. I actually prefer Yogurt Land. Really? Yeah, I like Yogurt Land. I would think one? you'd like Pinkberry because it's not as, uh, it seems like it's not as loaded with sugar. I don't th- I think Still has a massive amount of sugar. I think they have a, well, depending on the toppings, you know. The um, toppings. It, it is like somewhat emasculating to go to either one. But I don't care because it I don't tastes care so either. damn good. <laughs> Not I'm 40 years old. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Look at that faggot going to eat your frozen yogurt. Fuck you. Do you just go in your Tommy Bahama? I know, but the kids are hassling me riding away on their rap scooters. <laughs> Doesn't bother me anymore. Thick skinned. Well, I just feel this, uh, this is a good lesson for her here. You know, just go to Pinkberry, break up with the guy the traditional way. You don't need to force him to commit suicide or encourage him. <laughs> Right. There's either easier ways to get this done. What do you have here for the second story? Um, I have a story about attempted homicide, also involving a crazy lady. Um, attempted homicide. Yeah, sent from Patrick. It's uh, happened in Florida, which is always a good start. Pamela Vonders, sorry, Vannersdale, who's 50, she had a problem with her daughter's boyfriend. That, that's who's 22. Tends to happen a lot. Yeah. This guy sounds like a real piece of work, though. Maybe he should kill himself. These mothers but, um, just don't like their boyfriends. I, I bet you a lot of moms now are like the boyfriends roll up on these rap scooters and they're like, he is no good. And they're shaking Yeah, well, their this heads. guy's homeless. I don't know if he has a rap scooter. And she's really angry on behalf of her daughter's children, her grandchildren, who she says this boyfriend, who's homeless guy, 
she claims that he gave them lice. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know, it's quite possible. I haven't had to worry about lice in a while. Remember, they like at school they would check you, and I guess because the filthy kids would come, and I get do lice just jump from one head to another? Is that how this works, or do you have to share a hat or something? Yeah, I was reading that because uh, they still do lice checks. I was reading that um, because of the uh, rise of the selfie, a lot of these kids are also getting lice now. Oh, because you stick your head together, you put and your you heads have... together. Yeah, and then that's just like I mean, now the the lice don't have to pole vault to another head. Instead, they're just like sweet. Just gonna walk over here. It's like you have to send your kid to school with a head condom on. <laughs> of some sort. I wonder if do they have some kind of lice hat? Like do they put the what do they do to treat lice? They put shampoo on you and then put you in shampoo, a like a, it's crab shampoo. It's the same thing. Have, have you ever known crabs anyone that had lice? Have I ever friends? had it? No. Or nor crabs. <laughs> yeah, no, I never but you know, I remember when I was in uh, college and I had dreadlocks. If you got lice when you had dreadlocks, because no you can't wash it. No, you had to shave your head. Like, yeah. you had to. And so I remember going to a couple people's homes and just kind of hanging out, smoking weed. And they're like, oh, you probably don't want to sit on that couch because uh, your Joshua would spend the night there and he had lice. You know, <laughs> one of those disgusting hippies that we'd hang out with. Right. White guys with dreads. Ugh, that's gross. Um, well, Pamela, who's 50, was so angry at her daughter's boyfriend, shiftless layabout, that she... Um, this is a shitless layabout. It's hard to follow. You need like a diagram. But she tried to have him murdered. Wow. And not herself, but she asked, asked, asked her <laughs> ex-son-in-law, which I, is not, they don't specify, but I guess the guy who used to be married to the daughter. This would be the baby's it daddy. An, it could be a, another daughter who had a husband and they got divorced, but I'm going to assume it's the ex-husband of the daughter in question. He's 33, and she said, I want you to pop him, meaning the guy, the new boyfriend, the homeless guy, twice, once in the head and chest. And she actually gave him the gun, a 25 caliber handgun with two bullets. <laughs> like he's a Barney Fife, right? Like he doesn't get any extra bullets just in case. She's only going to give him two. Barney Fife had one, and he had to keep it in his belt, if you remember the show. Yeah, she's putting a lot of stock in this guy. I mean, is he a marksman? Yeah. She claims that uh, Loveless, the guy, is small, so two bullets will be fine. It'll take care of him. <laughs> it wasn't just the lice, though. She also claimed that Loveless, uh, she wanted Loveless dead because he messed with Dion's children, choked one of the kids, and chased another child with dogs while making sexual comments to the child. I don't understand this. I Chased him with dogs? Like, did he have, like, dogs on a leash? Or, like, was the dog, you know, full red rocketing or something? Oh, so wait, that he was trying to, to uh, chase the kids with dogs if the dogs were going to hump the kids. I have no idea. He just says that he was chasing the kid with the dog and while at the same time making sexual comments. I don't know if the comments involved the dog or not, but I'm just making an assumption. This guy's a lice-ridden menace. Right. The lady, Pamela, said that she would lure Loveless from the homeless camp where he was living by telling him she had work for him. You know, like, I want you to clean out the garage or something. And that's when she wanted the ex-son-in-law to come and shoot him. Hold on a second. So is the guy technically homeless if he's living in a homeless camp? Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Camp is not a home. Is this one of those things? Remember we did that story a few months ago about... The guy that would masturbate in the portageon outside the homeless camp. Same kind yeah, of thing. They, they tipped it over with him inside. Yeah, exactly. Same he, thing. he lives under a bridge in yeah, a Yeah, homeless tent. camp is not a home just because you have a tent. I mean, people with homes go camping, 
They don't go camping year round. So I wonder how the daughter met this guy. Oh, I'm sure she does drugs. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you, you think, think it was a drug thing, or do you? It think doesn't say that, but I bet dollars to donuts. He came up and asked her for change. And he was so unbelievably charming that she's like, or she was trying to buy Big drugs Mac. from him because he's probably a homeless drug dealer. Um, you know, meth. I assume not a high dollar drug where you make a lot of money and you can afford a rap scooter. And then they just started banging in the tent or something. <laughs> oh, but two th- things <laughs> foiled the plot. <laughs> two things foiled the plot. Loveless had moved his homeless camp to somewhere else. Oh. But also, the son-in-law immediately went to the police <laughs> and said, yeah, my ex-mother-in-law is trying to get me to murder some guy. So could you guys check that out? I just I don't really want to be involved in anything like that. She's like a capo. The yeah. head of the crime ring here. Right. So the cops went and investigated. Uh, she's out on $25,000 bail. I guess they don't think she's a risk. <laughs> and uh, she said that she admitted to the cops that she asked uh, Dion to kill Loveless, but she said she was only joking. Oh, she was only joking about yeah. it. Right. That's her defense. Just kidding. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> he's making it I mean what he's pulling this out of proportion what, he, he thought that was real I trolled the shit out of him wait a minute why are you putting cuffs on me their relationship has to be affected by this because there is a trust issue here I mean if I was married and divorced I wouldn't even take my ex-mother-in-law's fucking phone calls much less like respond to them like wait you want me to kill some guy what do I care I guess they're his kids. Maybe that's their link. Have you? Okay, I bet you that's what it is. But have you ever had any ex-girlfriend mother mother contact you? No. I'm, and yeah. I wouldn't take the call. <laughs> if I saw an email in my inbox, I would like block the address from sending me any further emails. I and just I'd defriend yeah, them on it. Facebook I mean, like, or whatever. Even if it was your kids and your ex-mother-in-law is like, you need to murder this guy. He gave your child lice. I'd be like, how about I not murder him, go get some lice shampoo from the Walgreens, and just take care of that issue? I would be like, okay, they have lice. How about you have full custody? That's, that's, yeah, that's cool. I, I kind of don't want to bring him in my house that. on the weekends. <laughs> it might give lice to my hairless cat. My hairless cat. Have that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so, so this guy... I, I find it funny that the guy's like, the two reasons the planet work, it's like, okay, the homeless camp moves. So did he go down to the homeless camp to check to see if it was there? Um, unclear. <laughs> I don't so know. So he must have tried. I think that she, no, because she was going to go to the homeless camp and lure him away by saying that she had a job for him. So what I'm saying is oh, when she went to go to the homeless to camp go. to find him, he was nowhere to be found. So there's a kink in the plan. And then... And then not to mention, uh, the, the son-in-law just goes to the cops. Yeah. Wow. Two things went wrong there. Yeah. You know, she should have just encouraged him to commit suicide. I think that would have worked a lot better for her. Not, not the Pinkberry route. I think in this situation, convince him to commit suicide. But, uh, maybe he's a happy-go-lucky homeless guy. He's like, why would I do that? I love my life. <laughs> <laughs> what homeless guy's happy-go-lucky? She should have just get, got him a hot shot. That, she should have got him a hot shot. <laughs> hey, I have worked. some great drugs for you. They're full of rat poison. Take him to Pinkberry, give him a hot shot. There you go. That's the way it works. Anyway. Nobody would ever be the wiser. They would just think the OD'd on, on Pinkberry and drugs. And drugs, which happens all the time. 
<laughs> in the homeless world. I don't think homeless people are allowed inside Pinkberry. <laughs> I like the Actually, one... didn't the owner of Pinkberry beat some homeless guy with a tire iron? Yeah, that Asian guy. Yeah. He just, like, took There's a tire a and just of, beat uh, the guy's face in. There's a Pinkberry homeless connection. The uh, yogurt land that's kind of right around the corner for me over on Sunset, uh-huh. they give you uh, sample cups. Like, you go Don't in there. You live in a posh neighborhood where you just have walking distance. Hang on, there's a fucking Harley faggot riding by the studio <laughs> here. Uh, anyways, I'm just going to make fun of you for My living in a neighborhood, neighborhood with a fucking yogurt land. <laughs> it's the most ghetto yogurt land you've ever been to, though. Like, you go in there. This is my favorite thing. They give you, like, I don't know if they do this at Pinkberry. That's, but like, they, the tallest Jewish basketball player, though. <laughs> well, they, they give you, like, sample, little sample cups. And so you can try out a couple of different flavors. Then you buy your, your cup. But that yogurt land, they don't buy the yogurt. They just come in, kind of a sample cup. Yeah. And then they just sit there and they so sample they like everything it. for, like, 10 minutes. Right. And so, yeah. So when you go in there and you actually want to buy something, you got to wait while, like, there's, like, 15... You know, either there are a couple homeless guys and other like thugged out dudes sampling the frozen yogurt while you're waiting to get actual yeah. yogurt. You'd think they'd implement a policy, like one sample per customer per week or something. Or you have to be on a rap scooter or something to like yeah, show that you have right. money or something like that. <laughs> Status. Status. That's what it's all about. I get I get ten samples from Pinkberry. Uh, people send your story to on podcast at uh, hotmail.com. Got a, we got some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to our first call, here's another word from Adam and Eve. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. Um, this first one is a guy who's, I guess, correcting us. I love that, I love that one thing about our fans. They always feel the need... They're like they listen to the show and they're like, "Oh, you guys didn't pronounce that word properly, or you guys don't understand yeah. anything about geography yeah, or history." <laughs> so here's a guy who and is they're all uh, just googling this shit. Like we I don't know. have the benefit of googling while we're we're doing the show. This is live. This it's is podcasting really live, without a safety it's real net. Real time. Let's call that. Okay, it's real time. There's a bit of a safety net, but we could still break our necks if we fall. Hey, D. Hey, Lance. Hope you had fun in your cabin in the woods retreat. Uh, my name's Colin. I'm Colin from Connecticut. I'm a college student. He's Colin, Colin. <laughs> and I also work in a wildlife control supply warehouse. I'm just calling to address a point. What the hell is that? This is one of those jobs you can't like actually support yourself because it pays like minimum wage, and you don't even get like 40 hours a week. You can only have that job if you're like married or live at home with your parents still. But what is it? A wildlife supply warehouse? <laughs> I don't know. You wildlife get, you control by... supply. There's always people who like. Uh, you know, they're like, well, what do you do? Well, I work at the SEAL re- Rehabilitation uh, Clinic <laughs> down at the beach. And you're like, really? How much do you make for that? Well, I only get like three hours a week. <laughs> but I love it. It's my passion. Oh, okay. More but, of a hobby, really. But those are volunteers. Like, th- th- this guy. I get paid something. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm sure he'll call in next week and tell me about how the Wildlife Rehabilitation Warehouse outlet is like big money. Well, this guy, doesn't, it doesn't sound like he's like an animal control person. Like, it sounds like he sells the supplies for them to use to go catch the animals. Okay. 
So maybe he's just a salesman. Sure. Well, what's the annual revenue for that? <laughs> Probably not much. Just one of those big nets, right? Put it this way. He's a millennial that lives at home still. But whatever. He's maybe, a student. Who knows? Come some slack. Disparage. Lance made a couple of years ago in episode 330-something. A couple of years ago, just in time. That I'm sure he still cares about. <laughs> yeah, he, he really cares about mentioned one of those polls, a little loop on the end of it. Oh, yeah. Wrangling critters and ask someone to call him with more info on them. They're called catch-all polls. K-E-T-C-H. Because oh. here's the thing. Is and, Poppy uh, Thorne already emailed us and called it a catch poll. Oh, did they she? They don't call it a catch-all poll. She just said it's called a catch poll because she's like a veterinarian or something, too. I didn't realize that she did say she called it a catch poll, but that's in the UK. This guy is from Connecticut. In America, we have extra letters to throw around. We call it catch all poll. Yeah, do you think that works for venereal disease? Be helpful. Yeah. Wrap it depending on the length and the material. So, uh, yeah, just let me know if you're still in the market for one of them to defend the Wack Castle. Thanks for the endless hours of entertainment during my commute and slow time bagging. Yep. <laughs> Were you ever in a market for one of those? <laughs> I think I just wanted to know what it was called. Are you allowed to use that on your spouse, or is that considered abuse? She's consenting. <laughs> that would be a very interesting uh, tool to pull out during, like, you know, sexual right. adventures. Just no forewarning. Yeah, it's like wrap her on the neck. I'm gonna be the dog catcher. You be the bitch in heat. Like, I, I don't know how that would go over. <laughs> Did you just come up with that off the top of your head? Yeah, I thought that was a it's good... disturbing. You've never thought of that it's, scenario. It's disturbing how quickly <laughs> you went there. I don't know. It made sense to me at the time. I mean, the next thing you'd be like, yes, I fuck dogs. Haven't you done that? It work. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like a furry thing. You know, you have like a, a furry fantasy. Let's move on. Peace. <laughs> oh, shit. Once again, I stopped the call right before it was done. I do that <laughs> That's all the our trademark. time. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, dog catcher guy. Uh, I'm hoping this is just your college job. And then uh, after you graduate from college, you know, you can go work as like a uh, developer somewhere or something and actually make real money. Because I don't know how many women are going to be like, oh, you sell catch-all poles. Let's fuck. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. But may, I might be wrong. I mean, you might, this might be a very lucrative profession. I guess know? it all depends on what the size of your, the area that you... Like, if everybody in the tri-state area has to come to you for their catch-all polls, maybe that would work. Yeah, I wonder what other kind of weird instruments this guy sells. I bet you there's a lot of, like, animal control instruments. Do they, don't they make, like, a, like bear spray? Have you yeah, ever seen bear that? spray. Those live catch cages, you know, that you, like... It's basically you, like you a raccoon like, comes in and can't get out, like a roach coach for raccoons. And you put like bait in it or something. What yeah. is bear spray? Is it mace I think for it's bears? It's mace for bears. So what happens if you use it on a human? Oh, I think you'd be in a world of hurt. <laughs> it's another thing you can whip out in the bedroom. Yeah, You're the big bear sexy spray. bear and I'm spraying <laughs> you in the face with my spray. You're the sexy bear that's about to attack me. <laughs> God okay. damn it. It burns. <laughs> Um, the second call has to do with the Ashley Madison hack. Hey, I just want to let you guys know that the impact team didn't hack Ashley Madison and dump all that data. Where did this guy get because this voice? Of some Jesus Christ. I just want to let you know. Let me tell you what. White knight bullshit. Um, Ashley Madison actually had a pay feature that charged you $20 to delete all your information. Turns out it didn't. 
that's why they hacked it and released all their information. So that's where that data dump came from. The funniest thing about this whole Ashley Madison story is how they've, people have analyzed the data and it was like, like 1,300 men to every one actual real one woman actual real on woman. the site. It's just a huge <laughs> cash cow for just uh, getting money out of like pathetic, sad, married, middle-aged dudes. Well, what it's I don't amazing. get about it is did it work for anyone? Like, and these women were probably uh, escorts. That'd be something good to investigate, investigative journalism. Yeah, but they say it's like a fraction of the, the amount of women. I know, like, I would love of, for somebody to find... Yeah, like a real-life example of a man, and a married man and a married woman who hooked up and had sex through the site. <laughs> Doubt it happened. You know, I, was also, I love how the company's still trying to exist. It's still like they're like how? new subscribers are going to be like, well, they got the security thing down, so I'm going to sign up now. <laughs> but more than the security hack, this is, I guess this is what's funny to me, is more than the security hack is damaging that prospect is just that it's coming out that like, oh, well, I'm not signing up if it's 1,300 dudes for every one woman. <laughs> I'm not going to be the hottest of those 1,300. I just don't see why a woman would even go on that site to begin with. I mean, you could... Discreet I, affair. I yeah, guess. but they could go on it and they can go to anywhere and seek a discreet... A woman could talk to any guy. Uh, yeah. Well, like, but I guess, any, I mean, the whole point to me was that you're, you weren't going to get, uh, you know, you weren't going to get the fatal attraction treatment. Yeah, because they signed up with it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just all these pathetic dudes that entertain the notion of having an affair. Yeah. But yet, you know, there's hardly any women on there. So, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, they, they weren't getting any messages, I'm sure. Um, the funniest mistake that Michael Douglas made in Fatal Attraction was like, why would you fuck Glenn Close? <laughs> she looks like an ugly dude. Like, who the fuck was believe- talking about sp- suspension of disbelief? Like Glenn oh, Close hideous. is supposed to be hot even back then. Yeah, I mean, you think <laughs> of all the other, but all the other hot what, 80s like, girls. What like super flaming put in there. gay dude did the casting for that movie? <laughs> Glenn Close <laughs> is gonna be the super sexy vixen, femme fatale. What? <laughs> um, did you read about uh, the investors who had been invest- who invested all this money into Ashley Madison? Apparently, wanted out like months ago. Because they saw this, like, the, the value of that company just decreasing. Um, and so they're like, it's never going to go public. We want to try to salvage whatever money we put in there. And yeah. then all of a sudden, this hack comes uh, out. Yeah. Like, it seems kind of suspect to me. Like, more than you a coincidence. Lost all your money. Like, oh, I, I wait, mean, you think, that, you think the people who wanted to sell their shares did the hack? Or maybe the, uh, the owners of the company. Hmm, did, did something so to, to avoid having to pay these guys all this money back because now the value of the company is so low that it's like okay Let's well see. sorry okay you know our company's bankrupt now because business mind at work there but that's what I'm thinking it's like we're just going to sabotage our own company so we can avoid paying all you guys back <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it because it's worth nothing and then now there's right. all these other things coming out that, there's all these leaked emails from Ashley Madison executives so apparently and I don't know how well I exaggerated this is, but they're developing an app that allowed Ashley Madison members to rank each other's wives. And this app was called What's Your Wife Worth? And so they, there's mock-ups on here that, uh, that were unearthed in the hack that said the app planned on attaching dollar amounts to pictures of each wife in a game that resembles apps where users rate men and women based on their attractiveness, like hot or not. <laughs> so you can put pictures hot of your or not, wives. Which was popular on the internet like 10 years ago. Way to be cutting edge, dudes. <laughs> I just love all this negative propaganda that's coming out about Ashley Madison. I mean, it just makes me think that 
there might be some, something else behind this hack, so who knows? We'll see. But yeah, I did hear about that policy, though. It's like if you signed up, you couldn't just delete your account. You had to pay them $20 to delete it, and once you paid them, you're thinking, okay, on good faith, they deleted my account, but they didn't, and that's why yeah, all this nice. information came out. Sketchy. Um, here's this, the last call here. It's from some guy who has uh, some strong words for Wackerly. Hey, sick and wrong. This is Mike Roch. Fuck you, Lance. John Stewart's way more credible than most of those fucking assholes out there. Yeah, doesn't go into some shit, but still, he's better than fucking. Oh, uh, you just can't compare that shit. He's better than the fucking assholes at MSNBC. <laughs> and you know, I mean, yeah, he's a little left, but I no, think for the most millennials part, seriously, the- they can't tell the difference between real news and John Stewart. They, there's something like wrong with their brain. They don't get it. I guess they just like don't understand like journalistic. Eth- I, mean, I guess maybe they're not. Maybe I'm the asshole. Maybe journalistic ethics don't exist. But they literally think that the that the Daily Show is news. It's news. It's it's how news consumption has changed over the years. Like you look at all these uh, the proliferation of all these parody sites, and we get these these emails all the time. Millennials don't actually read and try to comprehend what they're reading. <laughs> they just see this and they're like, oh, oh, this headline, blah, blah. And then they'll start spouting it off as fact. Same with uh, they watch The Daily Show and they watch these little like um, 45 second long snippets of news. And they just think that's news. Like, they but don't I mean, try to even John Stewart, I mean, John Stewart, you know, the comedy bit he's doing there it doesn't even qualify as like news commentary, really. I mean, it, it, he's doing everything for laughs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, but the, he's a comedian. It's not like critical, like, analysis of anything that's going on. Well, every now and then, though, he would have a serious moment if there was, oh, like, yeah, yeah. the if Sandy Hook massacre all, like, or something. I'm not even going to joke about this. Thanks, John Stewart, for getting all maudlin. That's what we all want. But, I mean, what he would do, I think, mainly is just mock the other news organizations. Because, it, I mean, it's funny. I think, it's, I think there's it's a lot of source material there. It does, it's yeah, it's But millennials, do, they don't, they, they, to them, they can't tell the difference. But so, I don't think so they're... So fine. But I don't that's, think they're I mean, watching whatever, other things. That's how it's going to go, then. Do you that think they're watching the other news. news outlets or, or other news channels? That's, that's the only news show they go to because it's fun. <laughs> right. You know? It, I mean, it's... It's just like Fox News. It, it reassures their previous... Bi- you know, you go and watch The Daily Show because you, if you believe all that stuff, then it feels... Uh, pleasant to have all your biases confirmed. Exactly. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like what, what you should be doing is weighing this information that you're getting. Like, like anybody who's mad about, you know, that Planned Parenthood is like hacking up children and selling the parts. It's just like a Bible beaten retard from the Midwest, blah, blah. You know, that's like that goes and like harasses people going in and out of, uh, you know, abortion clinics. Exactly. If you already believe that and then John Stewart's making fun of it like that, then that. You know, but it's but it's easy. It's, it's easy just to be like accept it as fact, yeah. rather than actually trying to verify it and going and reading like or you know reading the, the other the other side's opinions from people who are actually intelligent. You just read the you just mock the other side's opinions from the dumbest people on the other side of the issue. Exactly, and that's that, and the it's, formula. And I, that just, is, I just exposed the underbelly. But I mean, of but the, the Daily Show O'Reilly Sorry. does the same thing. I mean, they just do it on the other end. It's like right. so. I mean, if, I think the, the problem is, is getting your news from one source and just and, and it probably shouldn't be Comedy Central at all. <laughs> it shouldn't be on the list, you know, or sick and wrong. The podcast, this should not be a source for news. 
Oh, yeah, this isn't a competition no. between us and anybody. Or any, yeah, exactly. But I mean, but I like Jon Stewart. I think he's entertaining. I think he's a funny guy. I think he's a funny comedian. I don't go to him for my source for news, for news information. I, I think his show is interesting. I kind of stopped watching it because some of the other correspondents on that show used to bother me. It's I, very formulaic. And like the whole like, you know, edited to make you look stupid interviews, like maybe the first time you see that it's entertaining. But w- once you see it the second time, it's just like, OK, no, I get it. You took out all his contacts and the contact, the, the quotes that you left in are out of context, which the right does at the same time. I mean, the, you know, the, the people that sent that video of Planned Parenthood edited that out, too. So, I mean, that's the thing. You're depends on what you're looking at. You know I mean, it's, to me, it's not a left right thing. It's just. I think it's entertaining news. It's sensational news, you know, and that, you know, uh, Stewart's doing it for laughs. The uh, anti-abortion group's doing it to try to disperse their information. I mean, they they all have an agenda. I just think people don't weigh these different news sources. They just go to one, they think it's funny, and they just consider that gospel. And that's what they they tell everybody. Well, Jon Stewart said this. This is where I get my news. It's like millennials are too lazy to go actually read this. Instead, they're just like watching stupid videos on YouTube. Or going to BuzzFeed. Which is also know? what I do. <laughs> yeah, but you also, but you go and you read. But I'm not, claim, well, I'm not walking around claiming to be informed. Exactly. I think if you're going to be informed, you need multiple sources. But I would much rather just sit here and watch, you know, car crash and road rage videos on YouTube than, than watch 60 Minutes. Social <laughs> bullshit. Rather than, you know, some of the more, you know, like, oh, well, we need to save money on this, this, and that. Anyway, go fuck yourself, Lance. This is Mike Roch. One more time. Mike Roch. That's very original. I cut that out there before he does it a second time. Um, yeah, so there you go, Wackerly. I think you pissed off some uh, millennial fans Mike there. Roch. Yeah, with your, your biased opinion. Biased against the liberal media, John Stewart. It's like that sketch on uh, Mr. Show. <laughs> John Stewart is much more successful than us and makes a lot more money, so he must be right. <laughs> People call the Cigarong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Uh, we got one email to get to. Uh, you can send an email to cigarongpodcast.com. This comes from Aaron in London. He goes, I'm probably one of your few black British listeners, by the way. How many <laughs> black British people are there to begin with? Not that many. Um, it's our demo. He goes, I'm at this thing, a Christian camp, like D at a Jew camp. I feel like I'm in a cult. The guy they call a vicar is a dodgy, self-centered prick, and I actually think I'm the, one who, the only one who sees this. And it's a really expensive camp. I begin to wonder if this is a small cult. Right now I'm sitting on the floor pretending to watch this vicar talk shit with my hood up, listening to Sick and Wrong episode 496 with my earphones in discreetly. I then thought of a question I could ask you guys. How would you know... If I'm being recruited for a cult, I'm, I'm Has paraphrasing. Has he tried to touch your wang yet? You guys answering this would help me in the future and other listeners too. Keep it safe, keep it wrong, Aaron. So yeah, that's a good question. Has he tried to touch your wang? Has he tried to grope your weenus? I think uh, that, that's, a good, that's a good question. I think the main thing is how much money are you giving them? So if you give them an initial payment and then they're asking for another payment... And then they're going Isn't to... Isn't that what all the religions do? No, but I think what they do... Every week. You know you're in a cult, 
or like Scientology, if they're like, okay, give us $1,000 to come to camp. But if you give us $2,000, you're now a rear admiral at the camp. And we're going to give you this <laughs> rank. Rear admiral. You know? Um, yeah, or equivalent things. Like, oh, well, we, we need you to work this, you know, sow this field and do the harvest for like the next six months. And like, well, what am I going to get paid? Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's all, I mean, this is equivalently the same. They're basically <laughs> taking money out of your pocket by not paying you for your labor. For your labor, your devotion. Maybe they'll but mostly say they'll, just if they're trying to touch your penis or butthole. I think usually that is. Isn't that the point of most cults? Like you look at David Koresh and that the Waco cult. I mean, he banged but all this those is why, women. As a black dude, he might be. You know, would this work for him as a black dude? Is in the David Koreshian cult? No, because David Koresh was touching the women's buttholes, um, while this guy would be would be plowing the field, or you why, know, taking the garbage out for free. That's what I'm just saying. Sometimes you need an additional check if you're of the wrong sex to get your butthole touched. Well, this guy, I think, is of the in the right place to get his butthole touched. He's a vicar at a yeah. Christian camp. Dude, I think you're definitely chances probably... Yeah, chances Even if are it's high. it's not a cult, you've got to watch out. You're probably going to get sodomized with something. And then if you do, then you're probably going to be the rear admiral of this cult because you'll have the rank. Maybe so, that's something you want. I'm not sure. There's worse things you could be than the rear admiral of, like, you know, a powerful, successful cult. I'm wondering why he's there. Like, did your parents force you to go to this? Because my, like my parents wanted me to go because I just moved here from South Africa and they wanted me to meet more Jewish people. Because in Bay City, Michigan, there were, like, three Jews. And so they, that's, that's the whole like thing. like you don't need to go to camp. You could just go introduce yourself in the space of an afternoon. Well, to the other two Jews? They, like, if I went yeah. to Jew camp, I'd meet, like, hundreds of Jews. Oh, from out of your... But they'd be out from outside the area. Yeah, I might could hang out with pen them. pals? It's <laughs> a very Jewish thing to do. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, this weird that there's a, this Christian camp with a vicar. Yeah, that's... You, you might get molested, though. So, so if you do, you're probably going to be in a cult. Just to let you know that. Just officially. Hope you're prepared. Uh, people, you can buy um, some Sikorong tees. We only have four small Quado tees left and four small white logo tees um, at the Sikorong store, sikorongpodcast.com slash store. We're kind of moving everything over to the Cafe Press store. So you can go to cafepress.com uh, slash Sikorong, and you can buy just a, a bunch of designs. I'm going to put some old designs up there, too. I'm planning to get that done this weekend. It's a pain in the ass to put fucking designs up on Cafe Press. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that wackily. But it uh, sucks. A long time ago, probably. So I'm going to do that. In other news, we have a big sick and wrong announcement to make. I think I should let Lance do it because he's been waiting for years to make this announcement. Just years. He's like as giddy as a schoolgirl right now. But right. I'm going to make the announcement um, myself here. After much deliberation, I think Still we talked about this for a total of maybe six minutes. Seven minutes, I'm, I'm not sure. Drunkenly, last time I was in Oakland. After much deliberation, deliberation and with mixed feelings, I'd like to announce that episode 500 is going to be the last episode of Sick and Wrong, the podcast, as right. you know it. As you know it. And we're making this announcement now, so we have plenty of time to get a lots of hate voicemails. Yeah, you've still got a couple more episodes. And I want to append this, though. I'm going to be like Cartman drinking the bitter tears. <laughs> it's going to be great. I want to append this announcement with the As You Know It, because I might 
move on to something new. I might, I might do another show. Not sick and wrong as we've been doing, doing it for so many years. So I couldn't really do that without Wackerly. You need Wackerly's biting sarcasm here to do this show properly. But Wackerly is, is planning to retire from the world of podcrafting for the foreseeable future. Unless I can somehow get him drunk or extort him to keep doing another show with me but or um, pay me yeah or pay him <laughs> i'd be willing to do it for money for money but it, it's not about the money wackerly it's about the money. <laughs> but yes yeah, so as i sit here blowing my whole saturday <laughs> doing a podcast it, it does come down to money it's no it's true yeah. i mean we've been doing it for a long time and uh yeah i mean you, you it's <laughs> we've, we've given them uh what you know almost 10 years of free lame opinions 10 years of free lame opinions here in the show that should have been the <laughs> that should be the the tagline <laughs> um, yeah 10 years of free lame opinions that's what we give you here second wrong but if i do another show though wackily you, you're, you would be a guest host wouldn't you every now and yeah, then i would do a cameo a cameo you know, like appearance a spin-off <laughs> so yeah well on the spin-off from sick and wrong you know, um, like when uh, Archie Bunker shows up at um, the Jefferson's apartment. Or the Cosby like show with Different World. Remember? Yeah. You know, there's, exactly. there's spinoffs that, that's that happen. That's going to be me. Uh, the 500th episode, we're just a couple episodes away here, will be a special, a special episode. We're going to have guests. Of course it will. Some clips, lots of nostalgia, some crying, some drinking. And uh, hopefully many phone calls from all of you people. So we'd like to hear from, hear, hear from you uh, about your opinions of uh, Sick and Wrong being the last episode, episode 500. It's not so. like we're going to defriend everybody on Facebook. I mean, people can still interact with their favorite podcasters through that medium, Twitter. Exactly. And, and what I'm saying, it's like it's the end of Sick and Wrong as you know it. There's Actually, always, I hope everybody defriends me as soon as the show's over. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, I'm not just going to be friends with some asshole. That dick. You're only on my list because you're a famous podcrafter. No, I don't think that will happen. But I do have some good news, too. Um, I will be traveling to Europe at the end of November. Uh, maybe this can be kind so of a farewell on. tour here. I'm, try, I'm trying to get Wackerly to go with me, at least the first leg of the trip. I'm, I'm trying to convince him. I'll see. I might, see I might it's need a some, long ways off. Yeah, it's the end of November. I'm planning to go out there. Uh, I'd like to arrange some meetings, though, with some listeners, meet meetups with some listeners. And uh, I'm going to be in London for a couple of days, Glasgow for a couple of days, Amsterdam for a couple of days. And I'm getting tattooed outside of uh, Amsterdam in a town called Eindhoven, which I've never been to. But it uh, should be interesting. And, yeah, I'm trying to convince Wacker to do it. It's a, it's, it's a difficult conversation when he's sober because he's like, fuck no. But uh, when he's drunk, maybe. So we'll see. That's going to be the end of November. And I'm sure I'll be posting about it on Facebook. Um, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week came in from Eric. He goes, I know D hates mashups, but he might like this one. It's Ramones mashed up with Marvin Gaye. And you know, I gotta say, it's, it actually kind of works. I hate mashups. I think it's like, I, I think it's like eating, you know, peanut butter pasta. Sure, <laughs> that might, might, that might taste good, you know? Yeah, but, I had peanut butter on a hamburger once. Yeah, and, good. you know, peanut butter with pasta, or peanut butter on a hamburger might taste good. But it's still... There are two things that shouldn't go together. And that's typically how I feel with, uh, with most mashups. But this one actually kind of works. I like it. It's a company. It's a place called Go Home Productions. And it's called Peculiar Bop. It's the Ramones, um, Blitzkrieg, Bop, Blitzkrieg Bop under 
with Marvin Gaye's Ain't That Peculiar. So we're going to end the show here with that. People, we'll be back next week with episode 499. Till then, take a sleazy. Good night. We'll have to do something off our first album now. Take it, Diddy.